baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, here we are, and my name is Buddy Shula. It is nice of you to join for this segment with PB Elder Law. Amanda Scott is with us today. PB Elder Law is located on Cayuga Street, uh, right next to the airport, Chictawaga. You can go to their website at pbelderlaw.com, or you can call them at 204-1055. I guarantee when you call them and you sit down with them that your life will change because they have a lot of knowledge of things that you probably don't know. We were talking off screen, so to speak, about that just a minute ago about how you can work all your life to to get assets, to get a home, to put money in the bank, to have retirement, so all this stuff. And, you know, a lot of times because of long-term care, you know, it's, it's all puff, poof, goes away. In, uh, in, a, in a very short time, and that can be stopped. People don't know that that can be stopped. It doesn't have to go to long-term care. But what you have to do as an individual is you have to know about it first, and then you have to do something about it. And doing something about it is the easiest part. You just have to know about it. And that's why we're here with Amanda Scott. So welcome to the uh, segment here, Amanda. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for having me. So we're going to talk about estate planning, protecting your assets that you don't want to lose from long-term care costs, which can, as we've said before, and a lot of people know, can be astronomical. So what are the basic estate planning documents? Uh, We'll start off with that. And, And just briefly, why are they so important, these basic documents? The basic estate planning documents that all people should consider having are going to be your your last will and testament, your durable power of attorney, your living will health care proxy, and an appointment of agent to control disposition of remains. Now, those are the four basic documents. Of course, there are more complex things that you can do, like trust planning and deed transfers. But the reason these four basic documents are so important is because it allows you to decide who you trust to be in charge of things for you if you ever become incapacitated and unable to handle these things for yourself. Um, Of course, the last will and testament is going to be that legal document that takes over once you've passed away. And it's going to tell the court who you want in charge of those affairs and where those assets should go. It's important because there are a lot of circumstances that could exist uh, that might require some additional planning. For example, if you have a disabled child, you may not want to leave your uh, a portion of your estate to that disabled child uh, because they might then be disqualified from their public benefits. Or if they have young children, you might benefit from a guardianship and a trust being set up right within your will to protect those children. Uh, the power of attorney and the healthcare proxy, those documents are going to be good while someone is alive, but they might need help. 
if somebody has a debilitating illness or injury, if they're in a coma and they can't be out in the community handling their own affairs, their bill paying, signing legal contracts, who's going to do those things for you? If you don't set those things in place ahead of time, the court is going to decide. And it's a very expensive process because your family is going to have to hire an attorney and they're going to have to petition the court to have someone appointed as your guardian. Now, it could be a family member or it could be a neutral third party, but the court gets to decide who's in charge of your affairs. And then the court is going to oversee those affairs for the rest of your life or at least till the rest of your uh, for the rest of your incapacity, which requires annual accountings that are reviewed and approved by an attorney that's appointed by the court. It's a very involved process, and there are a number of attorneys that have to be involved just to get someone appointed as your guardian, and all of those attorneys are going to charge uh, fees for their work. And so guardianships are very expensive proceedings. Uh, those can all be avoided with a power of attorney and a health care proxy. And these, so these everyone, are, I'm sorry to interrupt, but these are really simple documents. Absolutely. Simple to do. It's important for the client to really consider who they trust. You want to have someone appointed that you truly believe will have your best interest at heart. And of course, someone that's going to be able to handle the job, someone that's organized and may have some, uh, you know, knowledge of, of your, of your affairs, but yes, they're very simple things to get done. You can, clients can come in and, and have these things signed up within a matter of a week or two, or sometimes we turn them around within a day or two, if there's some urgent issue going on. So we certainly can accommodate people and, and get things done for them as soon as they need them done. We're here with Amanda Scott from PB Elder Law 204-1055 is the phone number uh, to uh, schedule a consultation with PB Elder Law. That's 204-1055 or the website. Uh, check it out at pbelderlaw.com. All right. So at this point, who should be thinking? Who's the one thinking about estate planning right now? What age? Who's the person? Honestly, everyone over the age of 18, but realistically, the people that are probably thinking about it the most are those people that are maybe gearing up towards retirement age. Anyone that has assets that they want to protect. Um, but again, it could be young couples with very young children that should be doing these things as well. Anyone that's over the age of 18 is at risk if, if something happens and they become disabled or incapacitated, they will need someone to step in and help them. So while it's easy to say, sure, retirement age is probably the best time to start planning these things, it's really better if people of all ages consider it. Okay. And again, this starts with a, this starts with a consultation with a phone call, right? Because you know, I think there are, there are uh, you know, the thinking is that you know, listen, this all has to go for long-term care. It all has to go at the end of the day. And that's not the case. No, absolutely not. The, the idea is if you plan ahead, you can really protect everything to the extent that a client comes in and they have resources that they want to protect from a nursing home or from long-term care costs in the home. There are government programs that will pay for that long-term care as long as you qualify. And so planning ahead allows a client to really structure things in a legal and legitimate way in a trust so that they have 
the benefit of those assets protected for the family and or for their own benefit uh, if they want to supplement their quality of life, if they do go into a nursing home or need in-home care, uh, and, and they'll still qualify for the for the government benefits, the Medicaid program, so that they get to keep their assets protected, but also realize the benefits of that government program. So how, how could a trust, uh, we hear a lot about that word come up to trusts. how do they protect assets? So the trust that would protect assets for long-term care costs and, and render someone eligible for Medicaid would be something that we do call it called an irrevocable income only grantor trust. And it's a long title, but really what you're doing is you're setting up this new entity. It's a trust agreement that will have its own tax ID number. So on paper, this is a separate being from you. You have structured this new entity to hold some of your assets. And what we do is we retitle or move your assets into this trust. And the trust that we do allows the grantors of the trust, the people establishing this trust, to actually still have some management and control in the uh, in a way through their children or through their beneficiaries and through their trustee. So they are not going to be the trustees on this trust directly, but they will have the ability to, for example, change the trustees or change the beneficiaries. We build in a provision that allows the beneficiaries of the trust, let's say, for example, it's your adult children, to still take money back out of the trust if you need it. So if you say to the kids, I need you know, some money back out because I'd like to take a trip and I'd like a, a sum of money back from the trust, the kids can do that. They can go into the bank account that's owned by the trust, take that money out, and then gift it back to the parent. It's important. It's a two-step process. But these are the things that we talk to our clients about uh, because there is a lot of flexibility, even though it's an irrevocable trust. And on paper, they are giving up ownership and control of those assets. We do build in these uh, this flexibility so that they can still uh, make use of that money if they need it in the future or for an emergency. But 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 these are meant to keep these assets away from long-term care costs. Simple as that. Correct. Because on paper, the client no longer owns that asset, so it can no longer be look to to pay for the nursing home bill, as an example. So as long as you make it through that five-year look-back period that everyone talks about, if you, may, if you move your assets out of your name prior to five years uh, from needing a Medicaid to pay for a nursing home bill, those assets are now exempt. Those assets are not considered to be yours, and, and they're not subject to that nursing home bill. You'll qualify for Medicaid much sooner if you put your assets into this type of trust. Um, but again, we, we try to build in that flexibility so that the family has that peace of mind knowing that they have a way to work around things if something comes up. Boy, who, who wouldn't want to do that if you have uh, assets that you have built up. So what if a client only has a house to protect? That's the only thing. It's the only asset they have. What happens then? Sure. So one option is something called a detransfer with retained life estate. And this is a type of detransfer where the client can essentially give the remainder interest of their home to a beneficiary. Oftentimes it is the adult children. The client is going to hold back or, or retain the life use, control, 
and occupancy of that house for the rest of their life, they still have to pay their property taxes. They will still pay utilities, all maintenance, repairs, upkeep. They maintain 100% control of that house for the rest of their life. But the remainder interest is now deeded to their children so that when they pass away, the house is now a vested gift to the children and now the children own it. So while the parent is alive, the house is protected. If they've made it through that five-year look-back period, they will never have to sell that house to pay the nursing home bill unless they want to. Uh, but the house is exempt from that application process for a Medicaid application uh, or for in-home uh, Medicaid. And the Children will receive a stepped up basis for taxes when they turn around and sell the house someday. They might not have uh, capital gains tax to pay if it's not their personal residence. Uh, but the, the idea of this deed transfer is that you are protecting the home from probate. You're also protecting the home from long-term care costs. And you're essentially guaranteeing that that house is going to be left as a legacy for the children or for your beneficiaries. In about 30 seconds, because that's what we have, why shouldn't people do this on their own, in their own documents, things online? Why should they do that in 30 seconds? I can tell you from personal experience with clients that I've dealt with that have had these things done privately in the past, it just creates a lot of problems. There are so many nuances in the law in this area that one missing signature, one missing initial on a document can change the meaning of the document completely. And it can be absolutely devastating to the family that is left with this problem. We see it more often than I would like to admit, but the self-done documents are, it's honestly, probably the worst thing someone can do just because of all of these nuances in the law when it comes to elder law and estate planning. Well, please give PB Elder Law a call at 204-1055 and they can help you resolve these issues. 204-1055 and stop the long-term care from taking your assets and what you've worked for all your life. Again, 204-1055, PB Elder Law. Dot com. Amanda Scott, thanks for being on the segment today. Thank you for having me. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.